Let's go. Here we go with Larry Fitzgerald. Hey, Larry, um, that Cowboys game yesterday, San Francisco advancing. They will now go to Green Bay, and the Cowboys Cowboys are going home for the season. Uh, quite a way to end the game. Wow. Still kind of hard to imagine that that would be the last play of the game that you would pick, that you would actually call for the game to end. How did it hit you? Well, Jim, I actually didn't have a problem with it. I think that just scrambled a little bit too far. Um, he should have got down, you know, five, seven yards earlier. Um, this would have saved about two or three seconds left on the clock. I understand what they were attempting to do to try to get a closer shot to the end zone. Um, but this was was poorly executed. And, and everybody who's watched football understands that the referee um, has to spot the ball. The umpire has to spot the ball before the ball is uh marked in the play and you know Dax just handed it to the official let him spot it um let the offensive lineman get out the way so the, he can get through and they would have been able to have one play it just wasn't wasn't executed but I totally understand what they were trying to do in terms of moving down closer so you'd rather take one shot from 25 to 30 yards than you would perhaps two shots at a Hail Mary of whatever it was 40 yards Absolutely. Um, you know, in, you know, you get into the red zone, high red zone, you have plays that are drawn specifically to be able to get shots into, into the red zone. Um, you know, Hail Marys, there's so much that can happen, you know, line breaking down, you know, there's so many defenders back there, the odds are not stacked in your favor, in my opinion. So I like taking that opportunity to get it down and, and make sure you have a closer throw. To, you know, the further away, the tighter the, the tighter the windows are, um, the harder the ball has to be thrown into those windows. So I like the thought of, of getting it down. But, but Jim, this just underscores the issues that Mike McCarthy's teams have had in the playoffs in, in years past. It's, uh, it's, it's always something. I mean, the holding penalty um, by Demarcus Lawrence tackling the offensive lineman, um, you know, that, that that type of plays just can't happen. I mean, there was so many penalties, 14 penalties on the Cowboys in the playoff game. I can't, I can't even remember how many false starts and uh, illegal procedures they had. I mean, it was just a really sloppy game um, to watch. Second most penalties tied for second most penalties in the history of the playoffs with those 14. And, and you raise Mike McCarthy. And um, it's just it's 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 just one thing after another. And uh, after the game, Jerry Jones said he he wasn't going to address it right now. Uh, that that wasn't the topic of conversation. And um, but I I think it needs to be addressed. And Bill Belichick said several years ago, you need 18 seconds on the clock to try and attempt to do something like that. That under 18. You can't run that type of play because there's just not enough time. Too many things can go wrong, and you're depending upon things you can't control. At 18, you can control it. You get down in time. You hand it to the official. The official, obviously, is going to be much slower than a player uh, in that circumstance. And so there, there is a textbook analysis of this and analytics. So if you're going to run it, you better run it right. Otherwise, I'd rather have my two chances. And it just comes back to once again, and, and he's defending it. Uh, obviously, he's going to defend it. But what do you make of, of, of Aaron Rodgers now with just one Super Bowl championship? Can we start to pin a lot of this back on Mike McCarthy and his ineptitude and how much we've seen over the years, the mistakes that he continues to make? And, and Aaron gets tagged with this, but he had to live with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to I hate to bring it up like that, but I mean, you do have to look at it. I mean, 
Aaron is arguably one of the greatest players in, in history. Um, had some very good teams going into the playoffs. I actually faced him two times, uh, you know, one time in, in, uh, in 09 and another time in 2015. And, um, you know, I would say both those times the Packers were, you know, a better football team. If you look at the, look at it on paper, um, you know, who, who had the more talent, who had the, um, the, the better record at the time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to say that, you know, that didn't come into play. Um, you know, there's always been some issues with mismanagement of clock or just poorly executed things on offensive, defense, and special teams that have cost the Packers and, and now are costing the Cowboys. After the game, as the teams were leaving the field, uh, Cowboys fans uh, were throwing water bottles and objects onto the field. Uh, Dak Prescott was asked about it after the game. Here's what he had to say. I understand fans and, and, and the word fan for fanatic. I get that. But um, to know everything that we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Um, nobody comes in in the game wanting or expecting expecting to lose. And um, for, for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter um, and, and be with us through thick and thin, uh, th- that's tough. Credit to them then. Oh, credit. Credit to them. <laughs> Jim, I can understand, you know, when he's sitting on that podium and, and he's frustrated, you know, his, his, his season has just been uh, taken from him and he feels that it's somebody else's fault. And it's, it's very easy for, you know, somebody to to say something like that. But, you know, listening to the interview, you could hear he he was saying it and just he was laughing that the media members were laughing. And I know there's been some ugly experiences with fans and, and, and players and um, you know, you look back into what happened to the Pistons, uh, you know, the, the Palace there. And, um, you know, you don't want issues like that to happen. But I think it was all in fun. Uh, the referees didn't have their their best day, you know, in Dallas. But I, I think that's a re- reoccurring theme we've, we've addressed over a few shows this past year. Words are powerful, though. And you would hate for somebody down the line to say, well, Dak Prescott thought it was all right. He called it a credit. Uh, words have meaning. Yes, everybody laughed, uh, but when he thought it was the players, he wanted to defend them when it's the officials. And the officials are horrible. Officials are bad all the time. Uh, They rarely, in these instances, get it right. I think that uh, they did get it right yesterday uh, in Dallas with the clock. But you should never be in a position of authority and a position of prestige like Dak is and now telling folks it's okay to be throwing things at other people. Uh, it's a bad look. It's a bad comment, be it in jest or not. Um, if you don't want it thrown at the players, you certainly shouldn't want it thrown at any other human being either. And um, you agree with that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, any debris should be thrown on the field. I don't care if it's popcorn, water bottles, or dildos. You know, none of that should be thrown on the field, Yeah. <laughs> How about that in Buffalo, the tradition? <laughs> The tradition continues. I mean, good lord! Oh man, that 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 was that was quite comical. If I if I must say so myself, I I had a I had a good chuckle. Um, the game wasn't wasn't all that competitive, uh, so you know it needed something to laugh about. And one of the officials from the Bills, I think they're, I don't want to say their chief executive, but their chief somebody or other, even cautioned fans during the week, don't do that, and then it still happened. Yeah, you, you you don't want anybody to slip on something and get and get hurt. You know, that's you know, that's that's the last thing you want, especially for the home team. So here's the bottom line on all of this. It's best uh please don't throw anything on the field. 
With that, we'd like to remind you that Let's Go is brought to you by GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Play your favorite slot and table games like Blackjack, Roulette, and so much more. Download the app onto your phone or play online at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. You must be 21 years of age or over. It's available only in Michigan and New Jersey. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-270-7117 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Coming soon to your state, that's GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Let's continue along the lines of the officiating, Larry. Uh, Cincinnati against the Raiders. Raiders come up on the short end once again. Why does this always happen to the Raiders? Uh, Once, you can understand. Twice, you start to look at it three times, and over the course of the years, uh, it's been going on for a long, long time. It becomes a habit, and it becomes something that uh, is truly unfortunate for the Raiders. Uh, The whistle is blown during the middle of a great play by Joe Burrow uh, to keep the ball in play and to score a touchdown. Whistle blows in the middle of the play. Several of the Raiders stop. Several of the Bengals stop. Uh, Jerome Boger who shouldn't be officiating a playoff game in the first place uh, and certainly won't from here going forward, according to Adam Schefter. Um, doesn't belong out there in the first place. They huddle and they get it wrong. Then afterwards, Larry, we're told by the NFL uh, and Walt Anderson, the official who oversees this uh, for them, that don't believe your ears and don't believe your eyes what millions just saw the whistle occurred. After the play. So the explanation is a lie on top of it. It's just a debacle. There's no other way to describe this. It, it, it's, it's bad on all levels, and they make it worse. Yeah, it, it was, Jim. It was a poor play by, you know, by, the, by the officials, obviously. Um, and the Raiders definitely did start slowing down on the play. Um, it should have been redone. Um, and, you know, who knows what the game, the outcome of the game would have been from that point on. But, you know, if guys are not competing still and others are competing, then it's not a level playing field. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a play that should have been redone. Yeah, I mean, I think we all can agree with that. Why do you think it wasn't redone? Why do you think that so many people can be looking at this, hearing this, guys in their ear from New York? Why do you think it even comes to this? Jim, if you think uh, after 32 years of not winning a playoff game that with the Dallas Cowboy fans throwing things on the field, you, what do you think would have happened in Cincinnati had that play been overturned and they would have been forced to redo it because of an error by the official? It could, it could have got ugly. I think everybody understood that, and that's why they continue to let them play. So now we're going to play games because officials are truly intimidated when they make a mistake of what may happen. That's what it's come to here in America? That's That's where we're at? I mean, that's where we are in society, Jim. I mean, you look across the board and the decisions that are made are always, you know, thought about because of how I'm, how I'm going to be judged and what's the best way uh, that I can get out of this situation without, you know, catching any flack. And, you know, you're on, you're on the road, the touchdowns are completed and, you know, you're sitting there, you know, congregating with other officials. What should we do? What should we do? And the easy answer is just let the play stand. Well, the officials on the field in Dallas at least got that right. And mm-hmm. they were willing to face what might have gone on in Dallas and run off the field. I mean, we really don't have what goes on, uh, unfortunately, as we've seen in Europe with some of these soccer matches and, 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 and where it turns really ugly. I hope we're not at that point here. Uh, there's no indication that we really are. Uh, how should you feel if you're the Raiders? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you're dejected. I mean, think about all the things you've had to overcome throughout the course of this season, uh, you know, with teammate, you know, DUI, taking a life and other teammates being, you know, cut for gun charges and your head coach being fired and just so many things that have gone the wrong direction for them to be able to win a, a, a gut-riching, unbelievable game, you know, a week ago against the Chargers. You know, it's uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. And, um, you know, you, you got to tip your hat. Those those Raiders fought the whole season. Their head coach did an amazing job stepping in and leading that organization. Uh, but it's a it's a bitter end to a tumultuous up and down season. And finally, the statement released by the league afterwards: "Don't believe what you saw. Don't believe what you heard. Believe what we tell you." Why do they even engage in that? Why not just say we blew this? We made a mistake. The whistle should have ended the play. It should have been replayed. And we don't review those, and we got it wrong. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I mean, logic, logically, you know, looking back after watching it and hearing it and, and watching all the reviews, you know, that, that would have been the, the most intelligent play for the league to make. But, um, you know, sometimes when you when you do something wrong, you double down. <laughs> And, uh, and I think that's what the league did in this case. Bad look on all ends and at Mars, which should be a great celebration uh, for Cincinnati as they now move on and will face the number one Tennessee Titans uh, for uh, a chance to play in the AFC championship game. Let's Go is brought to you by USAA Insurance. We're dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve. USAA Insurance. USAA! Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald stay with us. So much more of Let's Go right here on Sirius XM. Hey, everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes. And with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Road Show? We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Larry Fitzgerald. Let's Go is brought to you by Ring Alarm. It's true, Ring has an award-winning alarm with professional monitoring that you can install yourself in minutes. Go to ring.com forward slash let's go for a special offer on Ring Alarm today. That's ring.com forward slash let's go. Larry, as we continue on here uh, discussing what occurred on the field, it um, was a promising year for the New England Patriots. Uh, they bounced back after not making the playoffs last year. Uh, after making a quarterback change, Cam Newton left. Uh, Mac Jones stepped in, and they just got pummeled. The worst defeat uh, that Bill Belichick has ever suffered uh, in the playoffs and the second worst defeat ever, uh, just getting uh, really thrashed by the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on Saturday night. Um, where do you see the future of the Patriots moving forward, knowing that Buffalo is going to be a team they're going to have to contend with for a long time uh, with Josh Allen and, uh, 
and the group that they have put around him. I like the I like the Patriots future. Um, I really like what Mac Jones was able to do uh, this year. I mean, I know he's a rookie, started from day one. He had an outstanding season, something that he could really build on. That defense is uh, one of the best defenses in all the game. I think Bill Belichick, out of anybody, does a really good job of, of acquiring players through the draft, and they did a wonderful job in free agency last year. I like where they're moving um, in, t- in terms of their organization. Um, obviously, Buffalo and Josh Allen plays at that level. There's not many teams in the National Football League that can compete with them, but in terms of being a playoff team moving forward, I like the Patriots and the director they're on. It brings up just a terrific matchup here uh, between the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, how do you see that? Uh, the Chiefs had been real inconsistent, uh, turned things on uh, in quarters two through four, and uh, just uh, ended up walloping the Steelers. Now sets up a real interesting scenario uh, as Buffalo will come into Kansas City. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we all know that the Bills were knocked out by Kansas City last year in the playoffs. And, you know, the, with the way the you know, the Bills play last week against the Patriots, uh, the way Josh Allen, you know, really completely dominated that, that that ball game with his arm and also with his legs. He's going to present a lot of challenges for Kansas City. But watching that second through fourth quarter and everything that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill and all the rest of those guys in that offense are capable of doing, when they're playing like that, Jim, there's nobody in the game that can keep up with them. Nobody. I mean, that's like watching the Lakers in the 80s or the Bulls in the 90s. I mean, they are just a step ahead and better than everybody else playing. And um, if that same Kansas City Chiefs team shows up, no matter how well the Buffalo Bills are playing, they, they can't be beaten right now. And, and I believe they're a bit like the Warriors recently. Uh, they're just so much fun to watch. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has the Steph Curry type of, of, of joy in his step and, and, and to watch, and you never know what you're going to see. And, and he looks like he's having fun. And in a world where everybody's just, you know, it's drudgery out there and everybody's so serious and angry, they score a touchdown and they're growling at the camera and they're mad. This this young man's smiling and he's winning and he's having a good time and he's making everybody feel great about it. They're yeah, so much fun is, to watch. They, they are a lot of fun to watch, Jim. I mean, Travis Kelsey throwing touchdowns, offensive linemen getting touchdowns. I mean, it's it was a it was a great it was a great game to watch as a fan. Um, I, I felt a little sad for Ben uh, to, to go out in the way, in the fashion that he had to go out, you know, kind of being dominated like that on the road. But, um, you know, like I said, Kansas City is, is a team to really be reckoned with. I'm looking forward to watching that Buffalo matchup, though. It's, uh, it'll be a lot closer than the Steelers game was. Let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger and the terrific career that he had. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, came back after saying goodbye. Said goodbye in Pittsburgh and then through a, a, a miracle of all of the things that had to happen on week 18 in the NFL, got into the playoffs. And uh, last night looks as though it will be the last time that he's on a football field. How will you remember him and, 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 and what do you think his legacy will be in Pittsburgh uh, coming off the heels of, of Bradshaw and, and all the great things that have been done uh, in, in the Steel City? Well, you got to put him right up there with the Terry Bradshaws of the world. Um, you know, what he's accomplished over the last 18 years, um, his, his playoff record, his ability to stay on the field and, you know, just be able to deal with the most salacious shots. I mean, I remember when he was young, the hits he would take and the way he was able to uh, escape, you know, pass rushers and throw guys off of his back to be able to complete passes. I mean, he was just the ultimate competitor, one of the toughest guys to ever play the game. Um, he truly embodied what the city of Pittsburgh stands for, just that blue-collar mentality, 
tough as nails, uh, never make excuses. And I mean, the injuries that this man has played through, I mean, from shoulders and knees and ankles and backs. And I mean, he he's endured so much. Um, I mean, I've, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Ben Roethlisberger and what he's accomplished. And, um, you know, if that truly was his last game last night, I mean, it's been a joy and, and a, an absolute gift to be able to watch him the last 18 years. I'll accept that. I'll accept for that one play. Which one play is that? Oh, you don't want me. You, you don't want me to take you there, dude. Do I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember any plays you're talking about, Jim. Uh, Mr. Holmes. I don't remember any of that, Jim. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you have amnesia. <laughs> 2009. Oh no, no, Jim. Jim. Whenever you have a, like a really, really tragic situation happen in your life, you know how you just your mind just erases it. That's, that's kind of what happened there. I, so I don't even know. Santana, Santana, I don't know. You talking about the musician Santana? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about San Antonio. No, I'm not. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger gave it all and left it all out on the field. Any athlete's going to tell you it helps to work with an expert for buying or refinancing a home. Your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. Equal housing lender, NMLS number 3038. They're licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. That's findamortgagebroker.com, powered by United Wholesale Mortgage. Let's go with Larry Fitzgerald continues. Uh, let's go with Tom Brady is the name of the show. Um, we haven't spoken about Tom. Pretty, never want to say easy because it's hard to win a game in the NFL, but it was 31 to nothing and the Bucks went on to comfortably win the game. Larry, with what you saw by the Bucks' performance, does it give you the impression that they're capable of repeating as champions, or do you think that all of the injuries and some of the holes, uh, it's only going to get tougher as time goes on here? Well, you know, nothing's made me think any different that the Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFC right now. But what I did watch yesterday was a defense that looked a lot better than they had in previous weeks. You know, they were opportunistic. They made Jalen Hurts earn it in the pocket. Uh, they were able to get pressure, flush them out. The secondary was able to make some turnovers for them, a couple of interceptions. They made it difficult. And, you know, that's what really kind of stood out to me um, because I'm not worried about Tom Brady and them being able to score points, but you have to be able to stop people to win championships. And that defense looked a lot better than they had in previous weeks. And that's encouraging. It's an interesting line by your former coach and current Buccaneers coach, Bruce Arians. He said, you know, as long as Tom has an offensive line, He's going to figure out what to do with the rest of it and, 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 and will score, which is an amazing compliment uh, because we often thought uh, with the Patriots, uh, with all due respect, and there were some great receivers that did come through there, including uh, Rob Gronkowski and Randy Moss and Wes Welker had some big years and Julian Edelman made some huge plays. There were also times when you just didn't feel like he had the necessary weapons. And now with everybody being depleted, God went out, uh, Antonio Brown uh, electing not to play football anymore and um, the other injuries that have occurred uh, on the offense, uh, Leonard Fournette possibly back. Uh, Mike Evans has been terrific and Gronk has been terrific. But other than that, uh, you really have a bunch of folks in there who, who haven't had the experience and, and haven't had the playing time and, and, and the public doesn't really know. It's quite a compliment by Coach Arians. 
What is? I mean, I think what we all know and appreciate that about Tom is that, you know, he's another coach on on that field. And, you know, you see it when there's motions and guys are not set and he tells them when to move, when not to move. You know, you can tell, you know, when he's putting his arm around guys and getting the best out of them. You know, the only thing I'm really worried about is Tristan Wolfs, you know, and his ability to be able to play uh, next week. You know, he's got elite pass rushers in Chandler Jones and Von Miller on the edges. And, you know, you want him to be able to be not only on the field, but be able to play at the all pro level that he's played. And that's a very important position, that right tackle spot, you know, protecting Tom Brady's front side and also being able to, to dominate in the run game like he's done all season. So that's a very important thing because he did make mention of uh, having that offensive line healthy and clean. And they got to do a better job of keeping Tom, um, you know, standing up right no matter who they're playing next week because he got hit pretty often. Can you shoot up an ankle and be effective? If you don't have pain, can you can you have the leverage you need? Or if it's if your ankle's damaged and you you have personal experience with this, it's just damaged and it's going to be a problem. Um, I've never personally shot shot up an ankle. You know, I shot up other areas. Never done never done an ankle. But the, the biggest difference between a skilled player and an offensive lineman is that he has to drive and stop the momentum of a 300 pound plus man is not just good enough to make a cut and be able to catch a pass and be able to get down when there's contact around. You can't avoid contact. You got other guys around your legs. So it's a lot more dangerous. Um, the consequences are much more severe, you know, because if his ankle breaks down, you know, he, he you put the greatest player in the history of our game at, at, at risk. Um, and so now you have to really be careful in terms of your consideration of, of, of if it's worth putting him out there and running the risk of him getting some of his other teammates injured. And the Bucks center got banged up as well, Jensen, and uh, he came back and finished the game, uh, looked to be in some pain, so that'll be worth monitoring as well. Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald right here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by Mastro Steakhouse. A trip to Mastro's is a culinary adventure. Experience the good life with handcrafted cocktails, exceptional steaks, and the freshest seafood. Visit Mastro's.com for locations and reservations. Larry, the coaching carousel is in full swing. Um... One guy who's not going anywhere, though, is Pete Carroll. Uh, they met over the weekend. Uh, he will be staying. be interesting to see how the Seahawks rebound from this season and what happens with uh, Russell Wilson going forward. Well, that's the key, Jim, is, is Russell and making sure he's happy and he's healthy. Because you saw as the season ended, you know, um, you know, after he came back from the finger, he started playing like the Russell Wilson we all know and love, you know, making plays, you know, extending plays, you know, finding those receivers down the field. And they were able to get back to that smash mark running game um, with Penny. And, uh, you know, when they are playing like that, they're a different ball club. And we saw that down the stretch. And so, um, you know, Pete Carroll has a has a great has a great history of, of producing winners and teams that are always competitive. And you know, if he can keep Russell Wilson happy and healthy, um, they always have a chance to for success in Seattle. Is this the beginning of a farewell tour, or or do you or do you see Pete Carroll uh, staying around for several years? Well, he's seventy plus years old, Jim. I'm not, I don't I don't know how much he wants to do it. There's nothing else that he needs to accomplish. He's he's won a championship. Um, you know, he's he's played in other. Uh, championships he's won in college I mean he's done everything to the very highest of levels and you know I would imagine he wants to spend a little time with the grandkids and enjoy some of the fruits of his labor and as well he should hey Jim he he might be 70 but his energy and enthusiasm on that sideline I mean you would think he was just a, a young man I mean he he loves coaching I mean you can see it in his face and everything that he does you know his, his speeches and the way he runs that organization you could tell he just absolutely loves doing it 
All right, Larry Fitzgerald, thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you next Monday night. Got another great weekend of football coming up. Have a great week. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for everything. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Our thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen. Production assistance by Harris Fabishoff. And to our sponsors, Mastro's, Ring, USAA, United Wholesale Mortgage, and GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Let's Go Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. I'm Jim Gray, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Sirius XM. XM Podcasts.